Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Experts Podcast. I'm back. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> hey, Lana Hill, well done last week. Solo performance. Thank you. I was quite proud of myself. You were a little too good. I was a little worried I wasn't going to get asked back. Oh, well, we all know that wasn't going to happen. Well, you would have barged your way back in there. Certainly did. I felt like I had to barge <laughs> through the door here today. Hey, big one on the show. Holly Ludman. Yes. Yes, formerly of the Sheep Collective, now the Livestock Collective. Talking all things sheep and uh, talking <laughs> all things, well, veterinarians. We don't see enough veterinarians out there in the media these days. But Holly Lubman, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Love the energy in the room. Oh, <laughs> it's just going to be 30 minutes of your most favourite time of the week, I can assure you. Holly, tell us a little bit about your story because I want to tell you my story, how I first met you after you've told me yours. So, um Livestock, oh, sorry, we'll start with the Sheep Collective, which is a, you know, something that you probably, sheep don't have a lot of voices. Um, you know, animals in general don't have a lot of voices, but you gave a voice, not just to the sheep, but to the industry around it. Tell us a little bit how the Sheep Collective came together. Well, not all sheep are the same. Let's oh, just start not, with that. Ah, <laughs> I like it. They're, They're individuals. Like they it. are, they are. Um, yeah, I'm a veterinarian by trade and communications and media is not something that I expected to be as heavily involved in as I am now. Um, But if I look back, I suppose we had an industry in crisis uh, and some really negative uh, animal activist activity happening and it wasn't the truth I knew and having worked in all parts of the supply chain and in the Middle East and being on a vessel myself as a a vet, I, I just was... I suppose we had nothing to lose. I'm like, we need to tell another side of the story. So I think, uh, yeah, that's that, how it started. And now I, I know that you know, live trade, uh, animal liberationists, the animal rights people, they weren't too fond of you. They're not too fond of you probably today, giving a voice of an industry that never had a voice. Um, how important was that for you to tell your story? Well, live export wasn't sexy, and I think in one of my... Uh, and, and let's go back, and I, 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 sorry <laughs> to interrupt there, but that 60 Minutes piece there on, was it the Awasi? Yeah. And where was that 2018 or 2019? 2018 it yeah. was released, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It was shocking, a hot topic. Shocking Such footage. Such a hot topic. Shocking footage, and that's something that even I, as a, as a communications person, when first approached and looking at this as a, a, as a, a platform and a story to be telling, was nervous about, because mm. that hit a lot of raw nerves didn't it that that went viral not just here in Australia but globally yeah it did and it was confronting for me uh, as someone who's part of the livestock industry and a service provider like as a veterinarian I provide services and, and animal welfare is the core of my role so of course it was shocking to everyone even people within the industry it was a crisis event uh like seeing a flood or a fire in australia Mm. it was but also strategically and beautifully done by the organizations that shared it yeah Yeah. and and but they shared it because they want to shut the industry down they basically want to shut down live export which whether you agree with it or not is part of the uh, of the australian economy huge part it's part of also to a global food source and food bowl that is necessary. 
That philosophical debate, and I think their policies generally uh, shut any livestock production down or food consumption of animals in general. So it's this extreme philosophical difference of opinion and you can respect that. And I think food choice is really personal um, and animal welfare is improving daily and we should be celebrating that. And and food security now with COVID, haven't we got the time to be celebrating how uh, good Australia is at providing uh, that you know, clean green product around the world. Yes. Where I was a little nervous as a communicator and and in the media industry was that perception. And and so much so because there was only ever one voice. There was only ever one story. And I think, Lana, that's when it gets very dangerous. Mm. And I think for any industry people, any expert that's out there, when you're only hearing one side of the story and you hear it often enough, you start to believe it. And, and, and particularly when there is no other voice or no, no other spokesperson to counter that, you've got, you're left with nothing else to work with. Yeah, absolutely. I just commend the bravery, though, because it would have felt like... What, my bravery for taking on <laughs> a, such a, a very important... You're a very brave human, Nick Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> might be a little bit about me today, because I, I missed last week. No, it almost feels Succession like a bit planning. of a... <laughs> totally. Um, you know, David and Goliath battle. Like, you know, it is that live export, uh, you know, not being sexy, as you said you know, you would have thought, wow, are we really going to take this on? And I think it's so awesome that you did. And I think for the, it's not only for the greater good of the industry, but as you say, Nick, having a more balanced, informed conversation about the issue. It was, it was a turning point, I think, and, and I've used this term, but an older generation and, an, and a mentality around comms, sure. which is, I think, common to the agricultural industry, that um, not just live export. Mm. And I think it was, you know, we had this group of young people and I remember one of those first images we called ourselves the Justice League and then we just <laughs> stood in a line at, at the port and it was, you know, a truck driver, salt of the earth, a, a stockman, a, a vet, a, an exporter and an importer and all shared that important individual story about um, not just an industry, about communities, about people yeah. uh, and the care that was there and, and there was a void of information and there was no trust in the jar. Yes. Like the jar was empty. The the strategies that the activists had were so easy to implement. It was so easy to do to put a billboard in Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah. And it didn't affect the communities there. So it was easy to say, oh yeah, let's span that. Yeah. So true. And I think you know what when there is no other voice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it's just one way traffic. Yeah. And you, you're not going to be able to change it. Now this was an award winning campaign and I've and I must put out Media Stable was part of it along with the hub marketing and also to Lush. Oh, it was who, amazing. Who did between the three of us brought together and supported it. Uh, that message that went out. And I want to talk to you about the first time, Holly, that you you, you got in front of a camera and a microphone. How were the feelings? What were you go- What was going through? Was that the first time? Yeah, I'd never done media before. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> and I, I'm, and I'll, I'll, I'll put this out to you. I'll even sew, sew it a little further. There was You did a couple of stories. You, you got on with Oliver Peterson on 6BR. He, he took... Uh, quite a, a champion's role, yeah. really wanting to to hear your message and give you a voice. But I think it sort of culminated when you were down at the wharfs and you invited all of the media, yeah, ABC, 10, 9, 7, radio stations, Radio National, newspapers, yes. the West, SBS. I, I mean, as far as a media pool goes, there was it was quite the... So cool. Quite the herd. My heart of, rate just went up. <laughs> it was quite the herd. Mine too. It's epic, quite right. the herd. Oh, thank okay. You. All time. right. I'll oh. acknowledge your dad joke. But, you know, it was quite the herd of media running around. It was a mob. A mob. <laughs> the mob of sheep. Hey, but you handled it so well. What was what were the feelings? Oh, it, it was um, 
I think it was authentic because it was we stood together as a supply chain, and I remember walking in here before Christmas uh, and saying to Lush, and he was like, "Follow me to Kuwait. We need to just." We need to do, tell the stories of the supply chain or follow me across the world. Mm. And we just interviewed um, salt of the earth people. And I think that story authentically th- coming through to you as consultants um, helped empower me. And because it was so hard to put your head above grass to, and that fear of getting chopped down. Yeah. Um, which is why no one had done it before. There was sure. a fear of using social media for this to talk about it. There was a fear of doing articles because oh, I don't, journalists were often not fair in reporting it, but not because uh, I think they were meaning to be, but they'd never been provided a balanced information to do that. Yes, Absolutely. an alternative. An alternative. So I think there was this, there wasn't images, there wasn't footage of, you know, reality, there wasn't um, people willing to talk and put their head above water. Uh, so I think kind of having that power of you guys and you, Nick, as well, being that huge support behind it to give me the energy. So you've got a great story to tell. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Yeah. So I was empowered by that you know that group of people and then the the champions or the superheroes the justice league standing together allowed it to not be as scary and bringing these people together and as you mentioned earlier it wasn't something that's come natural to them it's communications you know they're more than happy to to work their herd to work their mob you know grow their wheat <laughs> do what they've got to do but you know putting themselves in front of a microphone and a camera and and letting their story be told that must have been just sort of oh, not completely foreign to them. We know that, but just might have, must have been, wow, they, they're actually interested in what I've got to say. It was foreign, but it just came across so authentic. And that's what was so successful, I think, about the the campaign and the filming and the footage is because it was real. Nothing was posed. Nothing was fake. It was just uh, authentic, real stories that resonated yeah. and reached that void of information like you talked about. Was it was it Gavin that was on the cruise on the ship there with you, or was it Alex? Alex, Alex and Gav came across to the UAE and Kuwait with me, uh, and that was amazing. We had so, so cool. much fun. So we set up cameras on board. How much fun can you have on a live export <laughs> sheep uh, trait? You know. Maybe more than yeah. you think. <laughs> hey? Oh, they set up cameras and met me at the other end. But um, just interviewing the importer or the restaurateur or looking at where you know the amazing products from Australia go into those communities, I think was hugely valuable for them and. Like taking Alex and Gavin to an abattoir, I mean, not sexy, and yeah. and and, and uh, maybe confronting, but they just were like, now they'd seen it all, mm. um, and I think that interview you guys do uh, as consultants in the supply chain story is hugely um, impactful in how the story impacted everyone that was doing this project. So, how do you feel about it, Holly? Because you pretty much brought this all together. Do you feel responsible for it? Do you feel as though this is – was it an idea around letting, leaving behind a legacy of, of telling a story? I mean, I'm interested in you, how you took on that champion's role. It was an interesting time in my life, I think, and I had this energy mm. and this passion and I was like, well, let's try something. And someone, you know, my boss and the industry and, um, you know, funding partners just said – do it or, or trusted me because I think well firstly we did it I didn't ask for permission and I just did it mm. <laughs> and it was successful and I think for the first time people saw another way of communicating so I don't know how I feel yet I still look back and go I've created a monster um but I'm so I suppose humbled and proud of now the the you know hundreds of champions we've got out there 
Lana, I knew that these guys were on a winner when those like the animal rights organisations were actually attacking the consultants and the message, the means of making the message as opposed to the message. Ah. They knew that they had no longer the control of the messaging. And that was where I think, you know, you've got to stand up. And for any organisation out there, don't fear the, uh, the opportunity or the ability to stand up. You've mm. got to stand up and have and put your convictions out there. Yeah. It's so important. Absolutely. Yeah, I reckon every now and again, and, you know, I've only been in the media game, I, you know, maybe it's four years, but there's a story and a purpose that's bigger and it's scary to tell it, and but it's sort of – I can imagine the energy and the passion and almost the urgency – you would have had because, you know, I can feel it when we're talking about it. It was just something, a moment in time, a really, really important, amazing moment in time. And yeah, I, I mean, it's epic. And if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen the campaign in the video, how, what's the best way to find it, Holly? Um, probably the Livestock Collective um, on our website yeah. or our social media and that supply chain Do videos. yourself a favour. Now, what amazing. a beautiful segue, Lana. You're very good at this. I'm <laughs> beginning you. to think that you've had a little bit too much practice last week. <laughs> but it is a beautiful segue to find out a little bit more about the Livestock Collective because the Sheep Collective has now changed. You're not just about sheep. It's about the whole... <laughs> All every, the cattle. Everything on four legs. Well, we didn't want to be sheepest. And oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then, the, you know, the cattle industry or producers are like, well, we need to tell the cattle story. So we started the Cattle Collective and I then we decided it. we were being speciesist and oh, we became speciesist. <laughs> we became the Livestock Collective. So this pilot idea or project is now a non-for-profit uh, organisation and, um, you know, multiple so cool. uh, funding partners that really were about education and providing, um, you know, information for the community to make an informed decision. So that's our comms piece and having those, you know, authentic interviews from the supply chain is what we're passionate about. So education, it's not lobbying. It's You're not looking to no. lobby anyone. You're just tr- looking just to inform. education. Yeah, our true purpose is education and um, promoting, you know, improvements in animal welfare and animal welfare, um, you know, training materials. And now um, one of our other big projects is, and our values is creating leaders in the industry. Yes. Like, like we were. Like it was, now you're saying how I feel. I feel like it was my leadership journey. And I, I hated using that word 12 months ago, but leadership in I suppose the dictionary definition is um, enacting the support of others and now um, I want that's what I was good at and now we've got 125 alumni so we've used that kind of model and we're doing these training workshops and creating leadership journeys for everyone else. Awesome. Amazing characters you've got working around you but has, has it predominantly come from the youth that is embracing this or have some of the old school, the old boys, the old girls out there on the on the country, you know. The, uh, on the and, land. On the land, you know, well, which is sort of the, you know, the, the salt of the earth kind of people that really, you know, if we were to look at the persona, what is it yeah, to be Australian? Imagery. Yeah, you know, It totally. is that, you know, the person working the land, working, the, you know, the food bowl, getting us fed. <laughs> Who has it been, the oldies or the youngies running it? We've actually got a really um, broad demographic. So, I mean, working with one of our partners, Meat and Livestock Australia, we're like, we just need to, you know, give um, everyone, whether you're a farmer or a truck driver or a, or a shearer, um, the skills to communicate. That's and so cool. Um, that has been, we've had, you know, 50, 60-year-olds down to 18-year-olds. So I think that's been awesome. And I think having respectful conversations in social media is really important, regardless of our demographic and maybe some of our 
older demographic on Twitter, we were like, we need to communicate a bit better and, and lowering ourselves to being attack, attacking uh, like activists can be was not yeah. what I wanted and not my values and yeah. that's what we've been really strong about. I think you work the, the media cycle beautifully, all, all angles of it. And I, I, I remember when Nicole Jenkins was – I was looking at some of the tweets and some of the social media posts and commentary that was coming back at you. It was vile. Um, and these are from the very people that are looking to, you know, pr- put other uh, species, you know, in, up on the on the on the front line. But that was just vile. But the way that you handled it was so professional. You treated everyone with respect. And I think that part of that education program that you're on, it's not about lobbying to change governments or changing views. It's more around educating people and informing. And I think that is a great message for everyone, Lana, in that inform people. You don't need to sway them, just inform them and let them make the decisions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely about letting the people make their own choices yeah. as long as they've got the information they should have access to. But real information yeah. and information yeah. that's not tainted and information yeah. that is broad. And I think, I think Holly, from the very beginning, you know, that and when you were conversing with all of the communications people that you had around you, the number one message I, I always remember coming home was, you know, we want to own it. We want to be open and honest mm. and we will take on the negative as much as the positive because, yeah. look, this is the whole story, not just part of it. Mm. Industry should own its dirty little secrets, not allow someone else to call them out. Sure. So yes. if there is challenges, like don't shy away from them. And I think that's the opportunity to go, yeah, this is currently the focus. This is the hotspot that industry needs to be better, for example, if it's an area of animal welfare. or And every industry has its challenges. We just allowed, or you know, live export is one example of it in an agricultural industry, it allowed the, the small areas which needed improvement to be the only focus, where there's so many positive stories stories to tell that just weren't available and that education piece like you said food choice or animal welfare and ethics is really individual and I think we weren't trying to sway or lobby or which just give information allow people like the vessel tours how amazing were they like mm. yes well we were invited politicians or banks or insurance companies to come it was about educating them so they could make an informed position because when, when had that ever been done before Never. I, don't, I don't think anyone you're not you're just so not allowed cool. to walk down to a you know a, a bio zone where you know you've got to go <laughs> in approvals took weeks oh. to organise and then who'd ever put the media on there like we had every media it's outlet epic well, every- I remember seeing the footage of yeah. all the media gathered and yeah. I was like this is so cool <laughs> well working behind scary. the scenes I know that the media they were in a frenzy yeah I remember you saying not only because uh, of the story but that they'd never been or allowed on there. Yeah. And and to give them free access and to give them an invitation to come on and also to absolute open access to everything. Yeah. Go nothing, and look go and look at the feeding lots. Yourself. Go and look at the where they're stored during the day, etc. and what was going on. There was nothing to hide. And that I think I think that gave you so much more credibility in mm. that it wasn't a staged public relations stunt. No. It was education. So funny when you say that nothing to hide, it brings back so I did this Australian Rural Leadership Foundation um, like intensive workshop before this project and, and I wrote this piece here, yeah, Nothing to Hide. And then to see myself put it in action now, it feels surreal to look back that uh, That's you know, awesome. 12 months on. That was the whole idea. Like we just need to – and industry, I think everyone's just too scared. Look, this is a legal business. Yeah. You know, we're regulated. We shouldn't have to open our doors to the public. Um, but when we did that, the impact was huge. Yeah, and I think you, the fact you're looking at it through a really positive lens, yeah. you know, you're looking at the opportunity rather than the risk 
and the the risk of negative impact. And that's yeah. we need more. We need so much more of that's that. That's bravery. That's totally. That's pure bravery. And I think you know that that opportunity uh, uh, over risk is. I think sometimes the greatest risk of all is not to take that risk. Yes. And th- there's a nickism. Uh, <laughs> but but you were brave. And and that's hats off to you. Yeah, but hats I'm going to hit I'm going to hit hard a little with you, Holly. <laughs> Damn it! I but knew I, this was too easy. <laughs> I, I, but I know you got hit with this quite a bit over that journey. In that, how does a vet? How does someone who has been trained in the practice of uh, animal welfare, bringing you know animals that are uh, uh, back to health? How does she get involved in a campaign that supports live export? Why was it important that you? We're running this show. I think it was my, you know, that personal bravery, and and maybe it wouldn't have been authentic coming from um, someone else. But I think having been to the Middle East and been to Vietnam and being on a vessel, it was just, um, it wasn't that I knew that we, I had made more impact on animal welfare in the jobs that I'd had than I could from sitting outside and and criticizing or, or saying things could change. I was actually impacting welfare. Uh, outcomes every day in my job so I felt passionate uh, that there was a story to tell that there was nothing to be ashamed of or hide from uh, that needed to be celebrated but uh, yeah you're right it did take bravery and a lot of criticism both from you know in industry and from outsiders and and definitely there's been some challenges over the last two years since this I can't believe it's been two years since this campaign yeah. you know, was um, kind of at its height about now two years ago um, so yeah, it's definitely been a big journey. It has been, and Lana, I, you know, we talk about bravery. This this epitomises bravery, but um, also to just to be able to, with such an issue. Or we talk about issues that are that are passionate, but pas- people are passionate about that they get really deeply involved with. But I don't think people get as deeply involved as they do with animals. Animals mm. is such a hot issue to deal with. Yeah. And partly where I think even the comms team behind you were a little nervous is that mm. what could come back at at, them. at them, because yeah. when you side yourself with a particular story, you are you know, also representing and also have the same ethics and follow that same process. Because if you don't as a communication organisation, then you're you're, you're not so worth anything. Yeah. Totally. Well, I reckon this this whole live export thing it's it's always been so emotive because it's so strongly tied to our sense of national identity. It isn't just about animals. It's it's about the Australian story and even like I grew up in East Fremantle and I remember the smell of the sheep trucks going over the bridge mm. every day. Yeah, and it does evoke a really positive. You do? I do love yeah, it's like a yucky smell. Sheep. But yeah, like it's it evokes really positive memories for me and it made yeah. me feel like, you know, again, it's that sense of identity. Horse manure, yes. I don't mind that. I'm not sure on the sheep though. Oh, no. It's like walking into a shearing shed. It's like this nostalgic, yeah. oh, the you know, the landlord. Yes, the oiliness of the smell, totally. Um, Yeah, I think that live export's been easy to target though because you're not targeting Aussie farmers, which we all trust. Yes. And that's why the campaigns have been so strategic in Melbourne and, you know, Sydney because it doesn't actually affect farmers in that area as as much. um, So, yeah, maybe it's linked to that nationalisation, but it's also been easy from a campaign point of view from activist organisations. It's the tip of the iceberg. Like, we'll chop them off and then we'll keep working down. Sure, sure. And look, as you say, it's the the cycle from paddock to plate. Um, The paddock side seems to be fine. 
the distribution seems to be fine. It just seems at the other end that they've got issues with. And I think even the people that you represent are just as horrified in some of those scenes that were broadcasted so heavily, you know, two years ago, that they don't like seeing that. No, and, and animal, um, you know, emotive pictures like that can be used the wrong way. And, and at the end of the day, they're commercial operations and there's nothing nothing profitable or commercial about poor welfare outcomes. So good, healthy animals creates good quality protein, uh, which is, you know, how we feed the world. Can I just ask, Holly, sorry, Nick, um, the, you've mentioned a couple of times Melbourne and Sydney, uh, they're not affected as much, and I can guess why, but it, it, can you explain that, why they weren't affected as much as what our farmers would have been? Just the um, distribution of where animals are exported from in Australia, it's predominantly northern Australia. So, you know, you right. get quite a great uh, support in Queensland and Northern Territory because that's where producers and farmers are that service, you know, Southeast Asian cattle markets. Yep. And then, um, you know, Western Australia and so- somewhat South Australia might have serviced, you know, the Middle East sheep markets. So right. it was very easy to, to target and campaign to communities that aren't they aren't directly connected. So yeah. why aren't we seeing those billboards here in WA? Because they wouldn't be effective. Mm. Because everyone's, like a lot of people are connected in some way to a town, yes. to a hay producer, to a feed mill, to a truck driver, the community store in, you know, anywhere from um, Cogen up to Geraldton, yep. there would be communities that are, you know, directly impacted with livestock production and, and a big part of livestock production, whether they go as a chilled boxed meat or a live animal, um, you know, is, is about supporting communities. Yeah. I so get that. You know, I'm from originally from Melbourne. The only time I ever got close to the uh, to the cattle was the uh, – oh, sorry, to the sheep was the uh, dozen lamb chops sitting at Woolworths. And <laughs> that was the, but that was the end of the, f- the, the journey there for them. End but, of the food chain. But, but you know what? <laughs> at the end of the day too, you know, you're right. There's a lot of people that do know people from the land. Mm. Um, you know, and even the people that we interview uh, grew up in the regions. They grew up on the land and got into the big town, the big smoke. Perth's not exactly a big smoke, it's just a big country town. <laughs> That's why I love it. You love it too, don't you? But, you know, it's it's those that are uh, vegetarians, those that have and beliefs that this is not the way of our – my life's not like that, so no one else should have a life like that as well, mm. imposing their beliefs on us more yeah. so than what the reality is. And maybe that disconnection. I mean, I remember being in the Middle East and um, obviously there's cultural and religious beliefs and, and I don't want to say Australians are xenophobes, but interestingly that, you know, a lot of our social media posts that deal with those things don't get a lot of engagement. Sure. But dealing, you know, being in those countries and seeing kids uh, are going to see that whole process. Abattoirs are all glass walls. It's completely transparent. So yeah. kids wow. are seeing that and seeing that process from, you know, um, you know, two years old or upwards. But it's part of their culture. It's part part of of who they are. It's part of the way they've grown up. It's the only way, in many ways, no no refrigerators or freezers that are out there to, to go and distribute it. This is the way... And it's respecting the whole animal and making sure it's all used. And, yeah. Um, I think that's really important. And, you know, we would have, you know, kids... In every major city that would have no connection to that or understanding of even death, let alone... Um, well, I through. think you've done an amazing job on telling yes. your story. Here, I think it's, it's a classic example of a great campaign, an award-winning campaign, mind you, a couple of times <laughs> over, I hear. Um, but I want to I want to hit you up with a couple of media questions. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. A um, couple of media <laughs> questions. Which is your preferred media, radio, television or print? Radio for me. 
She's of all the questions I've asked, that was the toughest one she's actually had to take. I was going to say, seriously, no. we're talking about animal rights here. We're talking about <laughs> the food distribution, the food bowl. I was passionate. And then I ask her which media she likes. So, radio is your preferred. Radio Why? or podcast? I think you can get a story across, or I like trying to um, explain a situation and then someone can create their own image of what that is. Yeah. Uh, Got a bit more time too, don't yeah, you? Yeah, sometimes time. Although sometimes the radio interviews have been cut ways that I don't like and you can't help that. Always do them live. You're yeah. always in danger when you're doing a pre-record. There's pre-records. a big message out to everyone. Yeah, and, and then if um, someone else is on there, um, like another expert from, you know, um, opposite views has been yeah. has been challenging, but sometimes I think that's a great way of refuting and, and, and correcting facts. Without the opposite... You don't have a story, yeah, so you, it's good. It's you. You could hold yourself, you know, well and truly above anyone if they had a fight on. If you had a fight on, I wouldn't go up against you for, to save all the all <laughs> the sheep in Australia. The fight on. Yeah, look at this, uh, this Holly's got a broken arm. You should have seen what happened to the other bloke. Um, but you, you can see, you know, you need that conflict. And I think yeah. that you, you've the reason that you've been so successful is that there was such high conflict at the beginning. No one wanted to believe your story, but when intelligent people sit down and hear the full story, they start questioning. And that's that's ultimately what you want. Just ask the question, is everything that I've been consuming completely Accurate. legit? I think I wanted yeah. acceptance. It wasn't even like, we don't expect everyone to go full circle and be pro. I think it was having enough information for people to sit in the middle and go, okay, accepted. By the way, if they go full circle, they're back to where they were. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a 180. 180. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that's my favourite moment of the podcast so far. Not going to lie. That's why radio and podcasting is fun. Because <laughs> I was making a, a 180, but I said full circle. It's, I love it. It's okay. I love it. So and, much. And if I was professional, and you know, I would have just let that go through to keep. No, your, we love a bit of banter. We love the banter, and and that's why you've also been a joy to work with as well. And I think you know sometimes storytelling, sometimes the issues that are in face, but also to the people behind it, you can be just get behind the story as much as you can behind the people. And you could tell that your group, and particularly the Livestock Collective, are not just passionate, they've actually they've got such great stories to tell yeah. and they want to tell them. So true. And what are the three things we talk about, Lana, in media? The, you've got to be good at it, you've got to want to do it and you've got to be available. That's right. I thought work. you were asking me then. No. I was ready to go. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's it. This is my podcast this week. You had it last week. Hey, um, great to have you on the show. Um, again, well done on what has been a beautiful campaign, but also to the question that comes to me for you, Holly, is what's next? What's next for the Livestock yeah. Collective? Well, uh, keep working on our you know, education piece and promoting and supporting the livestock leaders as well. So building more champions and people that are not scared to stand up and be available, like you said, to, to share their story authentically. Give them the skills. I want a thousand of me around the country. And I also That's have to th- awesome. Well, I also, th- also have to thank you that you didn't come in your, your jeans and jodhpurs and uh, and your, your cattle boots. Your, uh, your jodhpurs. <laughs> did, did I just say that loud? Yes. I do have a few pairs of jodhpurs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you dress for the for business. Yeah, suits to boots. One day suits I'm in boots, boots. <laughs> the next there day you go. I'm in a suit. <laughs> Love it. Suits to boots. And what can we call you? Now, we can't call you the sheep lady. We, what, what, what are people going to refer to you as? The sheep gal. The sheep gal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a superhero. No, no I'm 
Holly Vet on Instagram and Twitter, um, and I'm on LinkedIn myself um, as a professional. Um, but yeah, the Livestock Collective, you'll you'll find all of us uh, on there, and Livestock Leaders has its own um, sites as well. We'll keep telling your story and keep telling it because it needs to be told. And there's Thank another you. thing here is that uh, Lana is that. You know, it's not about having a hero moment and hero year, two years. It's something that uh, you have to, as an organisation, continue to tell. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can tell you this from, from an outsider as well, uh, that the conversation and the education and the balance of the storytelling now has hit a peak, has hit the sort of the ultimate, where people can see both sides of the stories. And I, there's, there seems to be a little less sort of... Um, how would you say it? Um, radical, Out, radical views and outrage mm. out there these days than there was uh, prior to even you know you having a voice, and and that's a credit to you and your organisation. Thank you. Well done. Another good one there, Lana. Yes. Welcome back, Nick Hayes. Oh, it's good to be back in the seat, I tell you. <laughs> hey, uh, really great to hear. Can we just have your contact details again if people want to get in contact with Holly and, and Animal Rights Australia, do not bother contacting. <laughs> uh, you can contact me, Holly Ludeman, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram as Holly Vet and the livestockcollective.com.au. Well Hooray. done. Well done. Good work. Another one. Good one, Lana. Yes. Um, you know what? I'm looking forward to next week. I am too. When I get to chat to another expert or another media person and uh, get to talk to all of you out there. Have a great week. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.